Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, welcome to Back to Basics. My guest today is Runa Magnus Dottir, and she's an internationally awarded leadership and personal branding author, speaker, and strategist from Iceland, creator and CEO of the Changemakers, which empowers humans to be the change they want to see in their world. She's written and published two books, the personal branding books and programs, Branding Your X Factor, and co-author of The Story of Boxes, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And I understand she's writing a third book. So, but without further ado, hello, Rune, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hi, Leticia. What an honor to be part of your program. Well, I, I, it's even more of an honor because if you notice in the introduction, I say Iceland because I always cheer when I get a guest from a place I never <laughs> interviewed anybody before. So you are that guest for me and I'm very excited about it. Well, I'm glad. And Iceland sounds like a fascinating place. So it, it makes my first question of every episode even more meaningful because I always ask my guests, where are you from and how was your childhood? So I am not at all that familiar with Iceland. So I'm even more curious about you telling us a little bit about that and what were you passionate about in your younger years? Ah, oh, wow. What a beautiful question. Yeah, being born, raised and, and still living in, in Iceland, in the country Iceland, I think when I look back, I, I look at it as a real privilege because I was raised by parents that had that vision that we could all become who we wanted to become. At the same time, they also were, were, which I think is basically we all are, they were very, let's say, conditioned by their upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. So even though in theory they said I could do whatever I wanted to do, it had its restrictions as well. So I was, um, as a child, I was very creative and I, I loved being outdoors. I loved playing games. Uh, I loved basically being the creator of it. And I was brought up, when I think about my childhood, I think about these, you know, you know, Letitia, these these things that I were being told, like I was always told not to be so confrontational, that I needed to be more diplomatic. I was also told that I, um, it was not exactly good to be so keen on getting to know so many people. It would be better to just know few people and make that a really good friends when my natural ability was to be quite quick to get to know people. So you know how this is what forms you, right? Yes. And so even though I had all that beautiful background, and you know we have um, we have a lot of space in Iceland. Uh, just it's it's a big country landscape wise, but small population. So I think always when you have that 
in front of you, there is something about being so close to nature that you feel the flow of nature as well. Mm. And you get quite used to it. So all that create the create creative juice is something mm. that um, I see many of my natives carry around entrepreneurial spirit and uh, not letting no being the answer, finding the solution. You know, I think that although I'm not going to put all of us in in that one box, but I think in general, uh, something that at least we would like to be seen as. I love that. And I I love how you explain um, those nuisance between who your parents were and what they wanted you to be, but then also a little bit of the limited beliefs because mm, it's so intertwined. Yeah. And when you pay attention to those things, it's very powerful. And, yeah. and I can relate to that because I work in the family business and I have parents that empower me, but as Sicilian parents, they were extremely old fashioned. So it's like on one hand, my dad being the entrepreneur, he wanted, he was pushing and he, he was happy with me wanting to go out of the box and bit, but then when I did, he wasn't happy with that. So that's a constant struggle that, you know, sometimes not everybody has, or we don't pay that much attention on how that has shaped who we have become. Yeah. And so, so it sounds wonderful. And as you approach adulthood, I know you were an entrepreneur for many years and I always like to connect the dots into, you know, those early years passions with what you went right off, you know, when you, your, your young years stop and now you're adult. And then when we achieve a little bit of a state later stage in life, when we really take all those things and now maybe make uh, the life we want. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I, I always see this, these moments as all the little, talking about the dots, joining the dots, all the little things that are brought you to this place. Mm-hmm. I always see it as a little threats. And on few occasions in my life, I've had those moments where I actually see the, those, all these little threats become a rope. And something to really, I can, I can lean onto and I can use as a, as a, as a pillar to go to the next stage. And just to give you a little context into what am I talking about and going back to the times when, um, actually I was so lucky to be, I lived in the States for a year and I graduated from high school in the United States. And that brought me really deep sense of, different culture and how we human beings how culture shapes us more than I actually think we realize because we tend to think because that is our bubble that that's how the world is when actually it's just a social construct and which is making us believe that we have to behave in a certain way because we have this gender or we have this race or we are born in a certain religion or faith or whatever and I think being in at young age you know just a teenager you know in high school and really experiencing that to see how you know people that were same age as I was and seeing how differently they were behaving like the gender bits was really fascinating for me um and of course, as a human being, I wanted to fit in, in a, into that new world and thinking, oh, okay, so 
do I just need to change to adapt to that world? So I was very early on aware that I can change into so being becoming so many different things mm -hmm. that I wasn't just one thing. And at the same time, the tricky thing was to be true to yourself. How do you change but still be true to yourself? Well, much later in life, I found out that that's the journey, getting to know who am I really, what do I really stand for, and, 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 and why, well, what's my purpose on this planet? But anyway, that years also got me connected with so many other people from across the world who were also changing places for that year. And so my my perspective of the world really kind of like just, just expanded and also got me really emotionally connected with, with so many human beings across the world that when something was happening later in my life, when something was happening in different countries, because I knew someone from that country personally, it became different than just the news, you know, that blah, 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 blah that mm -hmm. kind of like uh, just goes in and out, just kind of like used to it. So it always, I think for me, that was a cornerstone of basically everything that I've been doing till that day. Because when I came back to Iceland and I finished my, my school, my intention originally was to become a, an interior designer. But mm -hmm. life took me a different way for a summer job, actually, at the Ministry of Culture and Education, there was a new minister that was coming in, a, new, a change in politics over here in Iceland. And the first female Minister of Culture and Education was taking over that role. And she invited me to become her private secretary, which was huge for me because wow. mm -hmm. she gave me insights into the political world. And she took me to all of these different things that and places and events as her assistant and really another horizon opened up for me later because one of the things that I was approached my, my role there was to computerize the ministry and in those days you know the first computer just sidetracking here but out of fun information I think yeah, for some of course. <laughs> the computer that we bought into the ministry you know this is quite big ministry in Iceland was one desktop with 20 megabytes. How, how big is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that led me to, you know, the, the computer business that we were buying from. They bought me, basically. The one, they offered me a job to take over and teach how to use computers. That brought me into that, whoa, database, use of that, computers. How can we use data? How can we use computers in an effective way that opened another horizon for me and then at that time I was married and I had my first child and he was two years old when my mom she had a couple of years earlier started a business and her business was taken off and I thought wow I would really love to have mom on this I'm very busy in my job that I have I'm working 100% and I have this little toddler. And in my head, I thought, hey, why don't I just quit that job, spend more time with my son, and help my mom a little bit? Well, I think that every entrepreneur knows that's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. 
you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, I did spend more time with my son, but that meant he was with me at work. Mm-hmm. And there we were, my mom and I, building up this wholesale business, which I then later bought from my parents, and I was running it to 2006. Mm. Where basically, for the first time in my life, I stood in front of the question, what I will want to be when I grow up, Luna? Because I sold my business, needed to do something totally different, and that's where coaching, that's where personal development, that's where... Uh, a whole new era in my life started. Mm. So it's well, can you see the dots? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You can see the dots. I think we most the ones that see it struggle with being patient because you know those threads are gonna become the rope. And and once you have that certainty, I think you're in a good place if you yeah. really believe that those threads will be a rope and you're going to, but the, you said something also very interesting when you say, yeah, well, I did go help my mom and I did spend more time, but it didn't come in the shape or in the box to say it in your terms that you yeah. would have expected. Like it came as yeah. something completely different. Yeah. And I think that's why the thing, what we have in our mind and when we experience is so sometimes so separate. Oh. Yeah, and clarity when we set our intention for something. Yes. Clarity on what is exactly the intention. I think well, that's where we, that's the life journey. Yes. But really, I think the last, the last big aha moment for me was back in 2018. Mm-hmm. At the time, I had started the Chainsmakers, uh, a group of international people all doing uh, transformational work. And we were invited to speak at the United Nations headquarters in New York City in a conference called Global Summit in the Impact Leadership 21. And it was there. Actually, I was not speaking, but one of the chainsmakers, Nicholas Haynes, he was speaking on a panel. And he got this question, which was, why have we not reached the UN Sustainable Development? development goals on gender equality, peace, and sustainability. And Nick said, it is because we keep putting people into boxes. And although we do that to understand the thing and get our head in, in place and, and see it, the problem begins when we expect people to live and behave as these boxes. Now, Letitia, picture this. I'm at the UN. I'm sitting in the hallway, in the in not in the hallway, in the in the hall in the big room there, and I'm listening to Nick. And when he says that, I just think, "Wow, mm-hmm. that is so true." Mm-hmm. As someone who has all of my life been advocating for gender equality, and you know, in Iceland, we've actually been number one for 13 years, according to the World Economic. Uh, economic forum the more that i saw our the needle moving in iceland the more i saw the genders div- being you know this division as there was like a, a, a valley between the genders mm-hmm. which was never my intention it was mm-hmm. never what i you know talking about setting clear intentions <laughs> but and that had been troubling me and mm-hmm. when nick said this i thought ah that's why we're not getting, that's why we're not getting the best out of humanity. Mm-hmm. Because we're boxing, women should be something and men should be something else. 
the social yes. construct. Yes. And then Nick said, well, what if you are a man and you love, you're caring, you, are, you love to take care of your family, you love to, to take care of your children. You're told to man up, not to be just a, well, he used the word pussy there. And you're judged. You're not enough of a man. And that took me back to the uh, year between the millennium, actually, right, right before the millennium. I was married and my marriage was com- falling apart completely. I got divorced. And at that time, my husband at the time, he had been a stay-at-home dad for three years while I was the breadwinner. And I thought that I had been very open. You know, I, I actually found that no biggie. But right when, although I, I noticed that people in general like, were judging them, not him, not right in front of me, but I could just feel it. When Nick said this, Something touched me inside, and I thought, did I unconsciously judge them too? Mm-hmm. Even though rationally, I thought I was all into it. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. Yeah, and, and I had not even finished that thought. Then Nick says, well, what if you're a girl, and you are straightforward, you're a go-getter, you're ambitious, you're told to slow down, you're told not, you know, not to be so pushy and not to be, you know, basically you're not even supposed to be ambitious. That ambitious for many women is a bad word. And whoa, he took me back to my childhood that I just explained earlier. You know, that thing, I didn't want to wear dresses. I, you know, my mom constantly asking me to be more like my sister who wanted to wear dresses, not to be this, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh gosh, it's so true. I don't fit into the female box. That's uh, that, uh, that's a hard thing. Yeah, you, you're yeah. telling this story, and, and yeah, and, and, and yeah, and I think, and, and then my, of course, like you know, you, you 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 when you see it from this angle, you see all the effing boxes yes. that either I have been placed into, or I have placed myself into, or I have put other people into. Yes. Yes, and getting out or dealing with them is not easy. Uh, I remember I got married late. I met my husband at 32. Yeah. And so coming from a Sicilian family, as you can imagine, I, I remember my grandmother when I was 18 already asking me when I was going to get married. And then she passed away a few years later. She said, oh, she would be dead by now if she saw me yeah. at 32 in this situation. And my aunt, I was in Sicily and I always like to talk about my, what I'm passionate about. And one day she told me, Letty, I know you're smart, but when you're around men, try not to speak so much and or or try not to. And she lost me to that. And I remember Mm -hmm. I came back and I was dating somebody and he mentioned something. Oh, I'll take you to Australia one day. And I have been to Australia already. And, and I, he didn't even ask me if I had been there. Exactly. I will take you. It's like, and you know what, at that moment I lied and I said, Oh, I would love that. Like trying to follow my aunt's advice and something didn't feel at all right within me. And I say, I'm, I'm sorry. I screw it. I'm not going to just to get married. I'm not going to pretend to be somebody I'm not, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's incredible how those boxes really pull you and drag you and it takes pull you. courage. They just push you in. Yes. And 
And right there, you know, going back to the UN, um, just shortly after, you know, that day, we were we needed to go quickly to the to the airport because there was a storm coming up. And before I know it, Nick and I were in a taxi. We keep on talking about boxes, how boxes have yeah been basically the social construct that have been telling men that they are superior to women, as an example, or one race is better than another, as an example. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about concentration camps. We talked about the slavery. We talked about, you know, there were just so many things that we judge people and categorize them because of how they look or how they talk or whatever. And that taxi drive that it was supposed to take like 40 minutes because of the storm coming up, it took two and a half hours. And we mm-hmm. decided in that taxi, we were going to do something about it. We decided we we're going to form a movement. We decided we are going to create space for people to explore their boxes, um, open them up, expand them if they can, or even escape them. Mm-hmm. And we decided to write a book. And so when we said goodbye to each other at JFK, he was going, Nick was going to the UK, I was going to Iceland, you know, we made a deal. That's the thing. And six months, actually to the date from that taxi trip, Nick and I did our first event in partnership with the the Icelandic embassy in London, where we got together leaders there who were influential in the uh, in the gender space and we did our very first breakfast club which we call which is really a setup of a very deep conversations about our unconscious biases towards genders and and opened up that conversation we then nine months after that taxi <laughs> taxi trip oh, yes. the the book the story of boxes the good the bad and the ugly was published Wow, that's incredible. I love that story. So, and today what we are doing, we uh, this spring, we launched the new paradigm for gender equality, the manifesto, where we point out the ancient uh, Chinese philosophy that each and every one of us is, when we're born, we give a promise to the universe, promise to learn something, experience something, give something, whatever that is. And we're giving a set of energies, a set of vitality for us to use our life vitality, to use to the best, to become and fulfill that promise. Now, the real challenge in in our lifespan, according to uh, the, the manifesto, is for us to be given space to fulfill that promise rather to rather than being forced to fulfill the social construct that we've been placed into the box that we have to behave as because of our background or of our like again gender or religion or or or, or, or whatever whatever the box is and that's where we feel we can actually create a world where we just become more aware that we're doing this, that we are boxing ourselves into something. We're saying, I'm not this, I am that. It's part of our identity. 
And we can get so stuck in that and so fixed that uh, nothing is moving us, it feels like. And at the same time, it is, I find it just uh, so, I just find it so awful to think about so many people not having a, an ounce of an awareness that they, they are so much more than what their social construct has told them that they are. And that they always have a choice, always have a choice. Being, the first thing is really being aware that you have all of these boxes. They're not really real. They're just made up. They're made up by our society and made up by our, us human beings. You know, not, you can't really touch them, but they do feel sometimes really, really real, right? Absolutely. But it, to remember they are not real. And that we can to be in, when we are aware that now, oh gosh, I do I'm doing this again. I fell again into that box thinking I couldn't do it because I'm a woman or I'm at this age. And then the first time when you when you when you get when you get that awareness, why am I saying I can't do something because I'm this age as an example? I'm healthy. Why am I saying no, nah, it's not for me or whatever? So the awareness is definitely the first step. But you have to take steps forward for anything to change. Awareness was just, oh, I'm very aware. It's a bit like I'm very aware. I shouldn't eat chocolate, but I, you know, I do eat chocolate. Nevertheless, I actually have to do something and stop eating chocolate if I want to stop it, right? Mm -hmm. Or eat less or whatever. It's not good for me. Um, <laughs> so the second step is their self-regulation to to know, okay, I have to do something. And, and with self-regulations self and the boxes, we see this as you can do three things. You can decide when you have, aware, you have that awareness that you're in a box. You can decide, I'm going to live in that box. I'm just going to live it. You know, I'm just going to live in this box. You know, some boxes are good. They give us safety. They give us something that we like to be. Yeah, I'm going to live it. We can also decide, I'm going to love it. I am going to love it. I'm going to set my intention. I am going to be so in love with my life. That box is going to be filled with love. And that is a choice, right? Or the third thing is, I'm going to make a choice and I'm going to leave it. And we actually do this all the time. We're just not conscious of it. So yeah. this, like, just take that first. First step is awareness. Second, self regulations we have those three things to do fourth thing to the third thing sorry the third things to do is to realize that not to beat up the earlier version of ourselves you know when that awareness comes up and we might see our life has been all these things and like i said you know when i see when i realized at the un that i had judged so many people in my life wrongly not even giving them space to 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 be themselves because they for me they were just this and remember i'm a quick person i just that's what it is but instead of beating up the earlier version of myself i didn't know better i didn't have the awareness but what i can do now is to do is to change what i can now is to 
bring this awareness and and create more awareness for other people, or, you know, to make them think about their boxes, which I'm doing right now. And thank you, Leticia, for giving me this space to do that. Absolutely. So, and the fourth and the final thing that I think is so important doing this, and that is to have humor for yourself. You, we got to laugh at this. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous saying that women can't do certain things because they're women. Yes. I mean, the history shows us that is not the thing. Or to say that men can't be good caregivers because the social construct has been differently. I mean, come on. Yes, yes, I agree. I When you say like that, especially, it's just like these things. But there, it's also true that there's the interests. And when I, I, I noticed, like, I have owned my company since 2002. It was that only in 2017 that I made it a women-owned business. Because yeah. what people don't understand, some people, he says, some women don't want to use that card. I want to use the card. I want to, I want people to interact with my company because we're good at what we do. I yeah. don't think it's important that it's a women owned or not women owned or whatever. Yeah. The truth is too, that sometimes you don't even know there's business because you don't get invited. You don't get to sit at the table. And so then you say like, okay, I don't agree with this, but at the same time, if I don't do this, then I'm left out. So you yeah. also have to compromise. Yeah. But but I totally agree with you that that labeling and people that know me, I sometimes I get confused by, by a feminist. And as I say, being Sicilian, I come from very old fashioned traditions. And so I always say I'm equalitarian. I'm an equalitarian. I think uh-huh. we all need equal opportunity yeah. rather than being one thing or another. I I really love for everybody to have the same chance at something. That's what I advocate for. Not yeah. that I'm a woman, you're a, a, a Hispanic. And I, I don't like, and I think by labeling ourselves like that, precisely what you say, we're doing a bigger harm to the whole movement because mm-hmm. then people get tickled the opposite way. And yeah. now you get this uh, diversity fatigue, People have had it. I don't want to hear anything more yeah. about it. And and so, you know, in my industry is telecom. And I always say it's mostly male dominated, but I never seen it. And I put it in my book. It's not about being one of the boys. It's about being one of the team. Yeah. And I always yeah. have strived for them to consider me part of their team. Even when we are a show and I'm the only woman in the mix to really feel that they see me as equal. That's what I strive for. Not... You know, and how is that has been how, when you made that choice that you, that's what you want? You just want to be seen as equal. How is that shown up for you in in me within it, the, 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 the it, ironically enough? I've gotten very strange reactions from women. Yeah. Uh, they I've seen many don't like it, but I and I was in a meeting before, and somebody say, I'm like Switzerland, I'm neutral. I am yeah. like Switzerland. I have been able to put just with that mentality to place myself in on both sides. And, yeah. you know, and so for the male side and other groups, they know I'm not, I, 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 I'm objective, you know, and there are things that are happening right now that are also not right. Mm-hmm. I believe, you know, yeah. because when you have, let's say a white male vying for a job and then he completely gets overlooked because now we have this quota, that's also yeah. not right. It's unfortunately we are there (laughs) because of what historically has happened, but you have to acknowledge that it's also not right. 
you know, some people had, it's like timing, you know, when you see luck and timing, you say some people were lucky, they were born in this time, historically, as a woman, we are now the ones that are now in leadership positions, we getting presented with more opportunities than the women that preceded us. So we are luckier. I see it as a matter of, you know, luck in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are, we're living in, in times where that, that also is for leaders worldwide is extremely challenging. We're looking at a huge challenge when it comes to climate change, when it comes to environmental sustainability, when it comes to uh, basically how to handle the the communications around diversity and inclusion i mean it's a whole new thing that we're not used to and well i wouldn't say we are all but you know i would more say a lot of us are finding it challenging to to get our head around because it is not what we were used to so those boxes are being smashed (laughs) and we're now picking up the pieces and trying to put it create an, you know, there are several little other boxes. So that, you know, here is one who is sees himself as a woman and there's another one that sees himself as a non-binary and here's one that is transgender and here's one who is this and one that was that. So just little more boxes coming around. And I agree with you. Um, and I like how you use the word some, because I think that is absolutely so crucial that we start to change our language and how we speak. So rather than saying, you know, when we take a group of people and just kind of like make that that judgment on them to just when we use some in front of it, like some men are or some women are, or some leaders are, or it just gives us some space to 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 breathe there. Absolutely. And if you add in my opinion afterwards, even better, because then they can say, well, your opinion sucks. So what's yeah, exactly. my opinion sucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. right? And, but, and as everything is energy and how and, and the frequency of how we talk and everything has an cause and an effect, according to to uh, the quantum field and, and Newton and all of that, being aware of how we speak is it, is it, is it, can really change a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Runa, one of the things I love the most about the work you're doing, and of course, I've had having a show called Back to Basics. I've had many coaches and mentors on the show because they are the ones that help. You are the ones that help us to stay connected to what makes it tick. But what I love about your approach and your books and everything we discuss is you really elevate like the from the me to we that Mm. I believe has to happen to make the world a better place. Because if we get stuck on me, it still comes from a selfish, if you think about it, from a selfish place. And mm-hmm. in that coaching uh, that you're providing and, and that discussion, I love the fact that you really are making that connection into the higher purpose and all the movements. And I know you created a hashtag, no more boxes movement. So if you wanna, we have a few more minutes, but anything that any movement that's exciting you that you wanna share, uh, feel free to to share. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned the, the no more boxes movement and you can go to nomoreboxesmovement.com to, to find out more about that one. That's actually where you can read a lot about the new paradigm for gender equality and the manifesto and, and you can write your name on the world of unity 
mm-hmm. people that do agree on that and do do want to see a world that where we realize and start to be more aware that we are not one thing. We are so many things. Mm-hmm. And we can be one thing today and another thing tomorrow. You know, Absolutely. you can have a good day and a bad day. You know, you're really a different person when you're a good person of your the bad, the worst, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 For some people, that's just like, yeah, doctor. Yeah, is great. <laughs> um, and and so, I absolutely invite you people to go to that side. I would also like to point out that one thing that we we have been doing with the normal boxes movement is we do a monthly live open calls in Zoom where the topic is men are from Mars, women from Venus. Is it a deception or truth? And we're really looking at how the social construct has been forming us. And we're really giving people, we're really having this open exploring conversation really takes you somewhere. It makes you think. It makes you question the box that you put yourself into and and you're putting other people into. Is that really the box that is nurturing me and my community, my family, my coworkers? Is it am I really being the the highest and the best version of who I could be when I'm doing that? So we're giving, it's once a month that we do that, and you can find that on that same website, normalboxesmovement.com. And not to do too many things, but the third thing that we're doing that is loads of fun, and that is the game of boxes. Yeah. We found out that in order for us to create this awareness, playing with the money box that we all have would be a fun way to explore it, expand it, and even escape it. So we do that in a game that we call the game of boxes, and we play the game twice a year. It is an online game. Anyone can join us on on the internet. And basically what we do is you, for 21 days, once a day, you get imaginary money into your account. And all you have to do is to share what you were going to buy for that imaginary money. And we start with $100. And you do you share with the community, people that are playing, okay, I bought the bouquet of flowers or whatever. And you maybe post a picture or whatever of it. Next day, you double the amount and you have $200. Same thing, you share what you're going to do. Say next day, 400, 800, 1600, 3200, 6400. Mm-hmm. You are up to millions very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets really exciting because that's where our condition towards wealth and, and prosperity really takes in. What am I? Oh, I'm spending on this where I should be spending on that. Even people start to go, oh, I can't handle this. I'm just giving it away to a charity. And I'm thinking, will this charity really be able to take this money? And how are they going to treat it? So you, you, your brain expands with different things that you, most of us have never even thought about. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen, there are so, so many people that are every time you play, they say, I'm going to be with you. Because every time I play, something expands. My business grows. I get more clients in, I get, I, I sleep better. And it's just so many things that have happened in, in the 
and as the outcome of this. So the game of boxes.world is the website to go to to be part of the next game. Well, I'm definitely signing up for that because it sounds so intriguing and exciting that I'm not going to want to miss that one up. I do hope that you will go do that. Absolutely. So fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, Runa, I've been, I, I can feel that I can talk to you for hours and that I thank you because even for me, it has been super inspirational. I've taken a lot of notes and nuggets of wisdom and just you're an inspiration because well when I started the podcast I started the hashtag time to reconnect movement mm, as yeah. also a way that you know to say you know we need to stop we need yeah. to take a moment and reconnect to what makes us tick otherwise we completely miss the boat on on you know living a life that's not satisfying at the end of the day and uh, you know for me that reconnection is usually to what makes us tick and of course, you have so many initiatives that even made me tick. Like, I want to be involved in this. And I, So anything else we haven't discussed that is your go-to ticking place in terms of well, when you feel doubt? Thank you, Leticia, for giving me the space. I welcome people to contact me, people that want to be part of this like you, people who want to know more. Go to the, you know, I, I, I would tell them to go to the No More Boxes Movement Talk for everything that we're doing there. Of course, I have my own personal website, runamakunos.com, which is more about my leadership coaching and mentoring. Well, I think that answers that definitely you are living what makes you tick. And I'm so grateful for you and uh, for your time and, and wisdom. And, and definitely would love to, anytime you want to come back on this show, you have an open door. Oh, thank you. Leticia. Thank you so much, Runa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.